Hello and welcome to The Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in the epilogue for Dearest Ones, the letters that our hero, the Silver King, wrote to his family throughout the war. It's April 1945. Spring is in the air, and the king is starting this month with some fun news about recent adventures with his guys. It's about one month from the German surrender in the European Theater of Operations. And the king and his guys, of course, continue to fly missions, work hard, and hope that the war will end soon. And in pursuit of those adventures, we will devote this episode in a special way to early April letters that the king wrote regarding the capture of a cache of champagne in Germany. He writes to his family on April 6th, 1945, dearest ones. Once again, four or five days have passed without my writing. If I'm not careful, it might become a habit and that would be bad, knowing full well how you worry. I avoid it as much as possible. Consequently, when you don't hear from me, you must realize it is due to circumstances beyond my control. I'm not sure I should be telling you what happened the last three days because of security reasons. However, I'm going to take the chance because it's just too good to keep. And besides, it's my excuse for not writing. It all began last Tuesday while flying over Germany. We developed engine trouble due to a mechanical failure and had to make an emergency landing. Of course, it was the part of Germany that is ours now. We landed in fine shape, expecting to find nothing. But, much to our surprise, instead, we found a field hospital with all accessories, including nurses. At first, we had visions of having no place to sleep and nothing to eat. And then we found ourselves in the middle of Shangri-La. The nurses, doctors, and everyone took us in hand as though we were lost brothers and really treated us like kings. I've never experienced such hospitality on this side of the ocean. They gave us beds in the wards with as many blankets as we desired and fed us until the food was coming out of our ears. It's difficult to remember all the details now as it seems like a dream. I do remember I had the time of my life. Wednesday morning, we went into the city of Koblenz, the city on the Rhine River, which was in the news only a few weeks ago. 
One of the medics took us in as naturally we were all curious to see the place. After flying over it so many times, when it was in the hands of the Germans. Well, never in all my life have I ever seen anything like it. The city is completely demolished. There is absolutely nothing left to even resemble a city. The debris and rubble is so thick, a truck can't even be driven down the remains of a street. What stands now are only walls and shells of building. I would never have believed that man had the ability to destroy as this city has been destroyed. It would take years to even clear the debris in order to build again. If only I had a camera, because pictures could tell the story far better than I. The Medic knew of a wine cellar there, so naturally we had to pay that a visit. Again, I was astounded. Champagne was stacked as far as the eye could see. There must have been at least a million bottles there, and it was all ours for the taking. Can you imagine turning me loose in a place like that? I was practically taking a bath in this stuff. It's too bad we couldn't have taken moving pictures. I'm sure you would have gotten some laughs. Well, as you may have guessed, I drank my fill and took 500 bottles with me besides. Oh, what a life. Anyhow, we took the bottles to the nurse's quarters and really had a party. It lasted almost all night, so everyone was fairly tight. All the nurses were grand kids and sweet as could be. It was just like old times in the States where everyone speaks the same language. I got very friendly with a kid from New Orleans. Her name was Elaine Miller. I hope to see her again soon. Well, Thursday, transportation came for us and we had to leave. I never saw such disappointed fellows. We had just as much fun there as we would have done in Paris, and coming back here was a horrible thought. I would have written you last night, but I was too tired, and I still had a headache from the champagne. Upon returning, I found lots of mail, which, as always, is a welcome sight. I received five letters from you, one from Leona and one from Ida, a package from you, another from Leona, and another from Lena. Makes me think I should go away more often. Your letters dated from March 14 to March 26. All the fill-ins from ones before. Receiving mail from home is like filling in a jigsaw puzzle. As always, your letters are so very sweet. Thanks for the package, too. It's the one that contained the long cigarettes. Everyone is getting a big kick out of them. I'm glad you finally received my letters from the Riviera and know what a good time I had. You asked about my dates there. I guess I forgot to put that in. Well, 
You know me. I met a very nice married woman with whom I spent most of my time. It seemed that she and her husband didn't get along very well, and she was eager to be loved. Need I say more? She said she would meet me in Paris when I go again. Ooh la la, these French women. Thanks, too, for donating the 50 and keeping the 100. Now we're even, and I feel much better. You asked what say la guerre meant. It means, this is war, as the French put it. Tell Ida I enjoyed her letter very much. I can't imagine what happened to her first letter. There isn't any more news for now. Please keep well, and I'm fine, and thinking of you constantly. I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King's five-page missive on the trip and the findings that his guys made in Koblenz, Germany. Don't quite rival his week on the Riviera. And of course, in this letter, he does mention his new married French friend. But they had a good time, and they came home with an incredible cache of champagne, home being a 72. And of course, there has to be a sequel to this adventure, and there is. It's dated April 8th, 1945. Dearest ones, I have your letter of March 2-9, which is indeed good time for mail. I received it last night and had good intentions of answering immediately. However, due to the influences of Champagne, I was unable. I wrote two letters, but before I could write you, I was blind. I'm sorry because of the delay. I shouldn't be writing now because I'm almost drunk. But I know I should, and I don't want my conscience to bother me. We brought so much champagne back with us, we're having a wonderful time drinking it up. I've been half tight for almost a week now, and I'm loving every minute of it. The clipping I'm enclosing will give you a good idea of what the women are like over here. I'm sending it to you because it's exactly what I've been trying to tell you all along. It really is the perfect description, and I'm sure you will appreciate it. I'm awfully blue tonight. It must be due to the champagne. I miss you so much and want so much to be with you. The news continues to look good, but even so, there is no visible chance of my returning soon. In fact, right this minute, everything looks awfully dark. If only I had going home to look forward to, it wouldn't be so bad. As it is, though, I must only rely on my patience and hope for the best. God knows, if it wasn't for your sweet letters, I would be in bad shape. So please, dearest ones, please keep writing often. I had a phone call from Bill last night inviting me to a dance there tomorrow night. I'm not sure yet whether I can go. We'll find out definitely tomorrow morning. 
We are also having a dance Thursday night, which Bill will try to attend. It will be swell if we can get together at one of the two. I'll write you the outcome. No more news for now. Please keep well. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. As the Silver King continues to recover from his champagne blues, he's going to feel better. And of course, he's also thinking about his new friends. There's the woman in Paris who's married, and there's the nurse in Koblenz from New Orleans named Elaine Miller. And the fact that these two adventures are essentially 30 days apart and that within another 30 days, the war in Europe will end means that the Silver King has had a very nice spring and there is more to come as we complete this special episode of Dearest Ones. It's epilogue, and this is part 32, devoted to the king and his cache of champagne from Koblenz. And you are listening to The Silver King's War.